Jack O'Connor said, don't ever read a paper. You're kind of thinking, why did he say that? Or what did he mean by that? Or does he rate him higher than me? It opens up something that you do not want opened. You the only have to be thing entertainment players should be looking at or listening to is the football <laughs> Wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. It is time for us to turn our attention to the weekend's hurling. Sarah Donovan is with us. Sarah, good morning to you. How are you? How are you, lads? Big smiley head here in Cork. <laughs> Delighted with the weekend. Yeah, it, it couldn't have worked out much better for Cork. Um, maybe we'll start with Cork. It's the most recent. Uh, Sad Davy is not uh, a regular uh, character that we see outside of the Late Late Show appearances sometimes. Um, yeah. But he was pretty sad in the aftermath of the game. Plays a great Sad Davy, doesn't he? Very, very sad. Very, very... Uh, disconsolate, upset, um, and actually reading his comments afterwards, I agreed with him in some aspects. They didn't turn up. They didn't have any energy. And I don't know, can I blame Davy specifically for not having any energy? But I can blame the tactics. Mm. And I think, first off, Dara Fitzgibbon, no one expected him to come into the setup the way that he did. He absolutely ruled the roost for the first 10 minutes for Cork. And possibly because we hadn't seen him in the league, I don't know if Davy had set up for him. And, and that's the first thing that I'm going to say. I'm going to give him one, I suppose, non-negative um, for what Waterford threw out on Sunday. Turns out, Sarah, as well, being uh, over the age of 30, this gives me uh, a lot of confidence, by the way, heading into my, uh, as I'm in my 30th year. But uh, Cahalan, Seamus Hornady, Conor Lahan, Patrick Horgan, all of them... Uh, Excellent. What um, in particular contributed? I think it was thirteen points. So not bad. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I suppose I opened the examiner on Saturday morning, lads, and, and that's kind of a ritual in Cork the weekend of a championship match. And Andrew McAvoy, damning headline. You know, brand new championship, same old faces. And I was going, God, that's a lot of pressure on the lads coming into this game. But I think Pat Ryan really worked it well because he had all the energy in the middle of the field with the likes of Dara Fitz, Brian Roach, who got player of the match. Um, Shane Barrett had moved out the field. Luke Mead had moved out the field. And he kept Horgan, Lehan, Harnity close to goal between the 45 and the end line. And that's where they did all the damage. So you, there's a place for everyone in this team. And it was a lovely mix of energy and, I suppose, experience in that Cork team on Sunday. Roach and Fitzgibbon in the middle of the park in particular were excellent, Sarah. Now, Roach in his full debut as well probably deservedly gets him out of the match. Um, really good pairing that, that um, has been found there. Well, actually, it was kind of a mix because it was Dara Fitz was kind of playing yeah. centre forward. Luke Mead was pulled out as a third kind of midfielder. And I suppose the three of them um, made a massive difference there in that midfield. And Waterford couldn't get a run on them at all. But what was interesting was the space that Cork managed to find themselves in. And because the energetic players were making so much space, then the likes of Horgan and Lehan were able to ghost into those, I suppose, pockets and, and tip off the scores. Were you surprised that Davy took so long to make the changes? We were talking before the show today, but Austin Leeson in particular, um, uh, like uh, he took he took his time. It's been a funny one all year because he's been bringing Austin Gleeson into games to kind of change games. And I'm saying if he's well enough to change a game, then he should be well enough to start. I, I don't know what the fixation is with bringing him into games. Um, it, it's hard as a player to come into a game and try and make a change. And certainly when you're six, seven, eight points down to try and get a foothold. But at half time, he whipped off Mikey Kiley. He whipped off Tom Barron. Players straight in. But I suppose they had that purple patch after half time where they scored three points and look it wasn't all gloss for Cork you know they lived on their nerves some great saves from Patrick Collins uh, two very well one very fortuitous uh, save from Damien Catalan up the back of his helmet from a Stephen Bennett shot you know Waterford if they had got the goals when they were pushing for them 
maybe they would have had a canter in the last 10 minutes. But I don't know, disappointment outright because the game never took off. That's exactly what Cork wanted though, right? Like uh, keep the team at arm's length. It's a brilliant start to the championship for them because there's plenty for them to work on and maybe Waterford are gone at this point. And so therefore it's kind of 50-50 at worst that they're going to be in the All-Ireland series. Like sometimes it's really bad starting late after everybody else, but sometimes it's really great starting late after everybody else. Well, if you look at, I suppose, how much energy they expended as a unit, as a group, like they didn't expend as much energy as Waterford did the week before against Limerick or Clare did against Tip. So now they're going into next Saturday night, six days later, not as bruised as every other team. The only issue with Cork is that they're low on defenders. So they only had two defenders in their uh, subs last Saturday or last Sunday um, in uh, Tim O'Mahony and Cormac O'Brien and the lads who... I suppose we would have expected to see around the team who'd been kind of showing up in the league are injured and won't be back for a while. So if something happened to Cork um, in the way that it happened to Sean Finn, say Cork don't have the same firepower in uh, right now in their defence. And they will be tested by Tip on Saturday. And I am nervous about that because Tip are goal hungry, scored five against Clare. And I can't, I, I'd say they'd be excited about taking on that Cork defence on Saturday night. What do you say about Waterford, Sarah? Because it, you'd have to say it's concerning. I think it, someone had pointed out they, they haven't scored a goal in 105 minutes of championship uh, hurling. It's 11 defeats and 13 in those round-robin matches as well. So when you look at the, the strength in depth in their squad on paper, all of these stats and facts are surprising. Well, what let them down last week against Limerick was their accuracy, their shooting. You know, later on they had chances to win the game and, and they didn't take them. And again, against Cork... They had three, four chances for goal and they just weren't accurate enough. They, you know, they weren't clinical enough. So to that point, I spoke in the league and I was quite critical of Waterford and Davy in the league saying, God, they're trying mad things and they're going to try and marry so many things. I don't know if they're going to be ready for a championship. And with the talent that you're talking about, Shane, maybe it needed just for them to step back and focus on the basics in the six or eight weeks leading into the championship rather than try all of these mad different puck out strategies and because ultimately they were in games they just couldn't actually finish them off and yet they were so close to knocking Limerick over and it turns out Limerick were right there for the taking you know the softening up that John Kiley spoke about in the aftermath of that game has it worked were they a little were they somehow softened up by by all the talk of six in a row before they've done the four well you know what I I physicality, the intensity, the attitude. There's too many cameras on this Limerick team in the league is what it looks like because they've felt under massive pressure in the way that they've been, I suppose, taking teams on, right? Did anyone feel like on Saturday night that Limerick were actually looking for protection from the referee and not Clare? Because it felt to me like every time Kyle Hayes came out with the ball, he was pleading with the referee with Cullum Lyons for a bit of support or safety because he was getting mauled by Clare. And basically what Clare did to Limerick was pushed him out, like drove at them, um, hounded them, delayed them, wouldn't let them out. Uh, Great stat from Ray Boyne. I've worked with Ray Boyne a couple of years ago with Dublin. And he's fascinated with the tackle, hook, block, stats in matches. And we used to always be trying to hit 90 tackles, hooks, blocks in a game. You'd, you'd get to 70 and you'd be absolutely bet, right? That's, that's the energy that was expended to try and get to those stats. And he had a stat up Saturday night. Uh, Claire, 113 tackles, hooks, blocks. <laughs> Limerick, 102 tackles, hooks, blocks. So as energetic and intense as Limerick were, Claire just steamrolled them. 
and in the end it's only a point right so like that's the sign of a really great team not playing very well everybody not fit Keane Lynch goes off at half time Hegarty what's going on we're not sure uh, so we'll see like He's the most off colour. I, I agree, Jar. He, Hegarty is definitely the most off colour. And there was a stage last in on Saturday night where he lost the ball. It pans out, and and he's standing with his hands on his hips, and he doesn't make any effort to run back. And I went, oh god, this game is in the melting pot, and you've tuned out. Whereas Tom Morrissey, Willow Donahue, absolutely outrageous. Uh, Seventy minutes from both of them, they were absolutely impeccable. So. I would say this Limerick team learnt a lot about themselves on Saturday night and I'd be afraid. I would. I, I think they've got three weeks now. Carolyn Curd is always talked about as, you know, a real big, important part of this team and she's got three weeks to work on, I suppose, the, the confidence that um, they've possibly lost from, from this defeat. Even Sarah, when John Kiley says afterwards it's a very downbeat dressing room in there, I'm yeah. picking, oh, I'm just thinking of those Limerick lads in there. All they need is a, is a little bit of fire in their bellies and an excuse to, to push on because people say, oh, this result is going to save the summer. All of a sudden, Limerick maybe are, are fallible. But no. I, 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 yeah, I agree. I think that the way he said it, he said it, it hurts like it, like it did before. And he's referring to that because it was chasm of time where Limerick weren't winning All-Irelands. Mm. And it just took one result for that Limerick team to feel absolutely you know, deflated. So I'd be, I suppose the only other issue here is the likes of Sean Finn, the likes of Keane Lynch. And we saw how integral Keane Lynch was in the semi-final of the league and the final of the league and how he opened up the spaces for Aaron Gillan and, and Shamie Flanagan. The last two games, he's really struggled because as we said, if you push up on him, he doesn't have the time to make the space for the lads inside and that has resulted in them not being able to get scores from play like their scores from play has gone away down in the last two games and that's I suppose something that could be an issue if Keane Lynch was to stay out of the game for two three games well, the with analysis, this hamstring injury the analysis over the last number of years has been that you've got to basically score 30 points if you're going to beat them but that's not the case anymore so I'm not convinced I, I was like I actually thought the Waterford game was the perfect thing for them in that they've had a bad performance they've seen tactically what teams are going to try and do to them and they're going to learn from that and emerge last week and they didn't emerge that's the thing so I actually like now I'm putting this narrative retrospectively going uh, Kylie's pissed off because he feels like something has slipped he's seen it Waterford who it turns out aren't very good put them to the pin of their collar Claire like let them back into the game with a consolation goal in the last second which took a little bit of the gloss off the scoreline but now I, they're up against it you know I, I would I would say anybody who's left I would say Galway Kilkenny Cork Tip Clare will fancy a chance against Limerick in Croker going we're going to be the ones that stop you Clare showed a lot of I suppose their intensity in, in beating them the last night right there was certain challenges in the game from Claire's point of view that I felt were on the edge and I know lads love being on the edge and and talking about those challenges but the, like Peter Duggan's challenges on the full back line coming out uh, Barry Nash being pinned into the corner Kyle Hayes being dragged down half rugby style at times I don't know if other referees are going to allow other teams to, to be that intense and to be that impactful we'll say uh, Kylie talked afterwards about uh, the forwards having a lot of contact on. I, I don't know, did you pick that up in, in the post-match interview? And what he meant was they were being pulled and dragged. 
And I think as the season progresses, referees are going to be very wide to all of the pulling and the dragging that's going on and they'll start to have to bring in back those frees again and I suppose make it a little cleaner because it wasn't clean on Saturday night. It was brilliant, but it was hellfire. I, 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 I'll be interested to see, right, because I do have this kind of sense that hurling referees are like the biggest alpha dogs in the GA world who don't give a shit. They, they don't care. You could be bleeding. They, they could be bleeding themselves from a belt of accidental belt of Tommy Walsh's hurl. And I'd be like, yeah, Grant, I don't care. Let's go. So I, I actually think that they're going, yeah, well, you're a limerick. You're three times all I'm going stop whining. That's what I think is going to happen to that. So it's interesting Kylie didn't call it out in, in a, like, what's going on with this? It's like very, you have to subtly tell the referees that maybe they're not doing their job properly and they're such a crowded shower that they'll be like, well, screw you, John Kylie. I, I, do you know, I, I have to agree with John Kylie after the game in the sense that uh, they were looking for protection. Like they were literally pleading with Colm Lyons to say, look, this, this isn't going, what, what's happening here? And what, they, Claire did to them what they've been doing to teams for the last 17 games, all right? And I just don't know if this is going to continue through the All-Ireland stages, if we're going to have such fire and brimstone or referees are going to allow it. That's that's my thing here. Okay. It, it was punishing. It was punishing. Well, you know, they have been uh, sometimes prone to that themselves, so maybe it'll it'll balance itself out as, as we get deeper into the Championship. Obviously... We expect both these teams to still be there. Like, we don't expect suddenly Limerick to go into a tailspin, do we? Well, we spoke before about it, it being one of Cork, Clare, Tip and Limerick will not progress. And that's really disappointing because right now, those four teams are poised to do serious damage and could be All-Ireland contenders. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a nonsense. It is an absolute nonsense that the championship is set up this way. It just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And look, I think, I, I don't know how they're going to fix it because on the other side, you've Galway and Kilkenny were able to, you know, taper down in front of 13,000 people and both be happy enough with the draw. Yeah. And well, there's could, killings in the Munster Championship. We could go back to straight knockout in Munster and, and Leinster and then have round robin series after where the best six teams or the best eight teams are involved. Like, it's a, there's, there's an easy fix for this if they want it. It's just that maybe they don't want it. So, um, and it'll get worse and worse as as the Cork revolution continues with uh, Ben O'Connor midweek. Um, the, the two Ben's O'Connors both being super impressive. Yeah, look, I I was actually when that old faces t- tagline was in the headlines on Saturday morning in the Examiner. I was like, oh God, you know, are, are Cork not being revolutionary enough? And and should we be seeing more of these young guys? But I suppose when you're looking at Brian Roach, 21 years of age, wins player of the match, and you're looking at players like Kieran Joyce coming through, uh, Podrick Power came on for Cork again the last day. We probably have a couple of years of just patience in Cork to allow those young lads to develop and be as big as, you know, put on that bulk, that that 10, 15 kgs that they need to play. And you're a notoriously patient lot, aren't you? <laughs> what are we are, are we how many years are we without it now 2005 yeah yeah will will we get to 20 year anniversary will that be will that be our lot I don't know I I just I just feel like the Limerick setup still hasn't used Shane O'Brien or they still haven't used Adam English there's a couple of players there that did very well in the league for Limerick that haven't been seen yet from Cork's point of view Cork are relying still on the older players and is that because the younger players just aren't ready yet. You know, is is that what it is? And are we very lucky to have the likes of Connor Lehan, Seamus Harnsey and Patrick Horgan still willing to put it in? Yeah. You know, past 34. But then, 
John Conlon, you know, what a, what a stalwart performance again yesterday. So they're doing it in every county. And uh, I suppose until Cork are ready to hand over the mantle to the younger guys, then we have what we have. And they've done enough against Waterford. As, as I said, their forwards, outstanding. Defensively, Cork will be under pressure on Saturday night against Tip and don't have... I suppose the the Richie Englishes to come in or the Mike Casey's to come in to do the job where Limerick have had the the same issues with injuries. We tend, Sarah, to talk a lot about uh, venues and locations picked for for matches. Joe Canning was astounded speaking at the weekend about uh, Dublin Wexford this coming Saturday at five o'clock being fixed for Croke Park. Um, I think he was making the point that as an away player, you hated going to Parnell Park, the atmosphere, the raucousness of it. Are you surprised that the Dubs wouldn't want a game of such magnitude being played in? in the confines of Parnell Park? Yeah, so we've always played our home games in, in Parnell Park with Dublin over the years and like team big teams came to, to Parnell Park to play us in, in the Camogie side and we'd Cork in, in Parnell Park, we'd Kilkenny in Parnell Park and we were able to, I suppose, give them, uh, we were able to challenge them in those games because it, it felt like it was our, uh, it's hard to explain, but it, it was like your... Uh, place that it was impenetrable right and and there was a real confidence in that now I was in Croke Park last year in the during the Welsh Cup and Wexford played Dublin um, and February game Dublin absolutely destroyed Wexford it was a cricket score um, and I don't know is it that's possibly playing on Dublin's minds and that they did really well in that space then against Wexford and they cut them open because of their pace and because of the way they were able to spray the ball. They have had success in Croke Park and they have won Leinster Tynal in Croke Park. It's possibly that they don't see it as a disadvantage and that they actually enjoy playing there. And, and maybe they feel like if they're going to go deep at any point, they're going to have to get used to that and start to lean on the same advantage that the footballers have, uh, which is obviously paying dividends for them and has done over the last um, 20 years. Uh, a, a quick word about the Galway-Kilkenny game. Um, mm. Like, they're definitely both genuine All-Ireland contenders. For Galway to come back the way they did in that second half, the long-range point-taking that they were doing before the, the final equaliser even, that was Limerick-esque. Yeah, and you're looking at the, I suppose, that physicality and intensity and be able to bring the ball to ground, win it, break up the line and, you know, as you said, strike the ball 50, 60 yards and be accurate because there's been a bit of that over the last while in, in, in teams suffering because they haven't been accurate enough. But my, I suppose, thought from the game was, does Henry Shefflin take off Connor, Lehan, or Connor Whelan? and bring on a championship debutant on the 69th minute if it's knockout he doesn't he has the luxury in that game knowing that they are absolutely going to progress out of the Leinster Championship into the All-Ireland Series and he's able to bring on Declan McLaughlin on the 69th minute like it's a completely different championship it's 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 pulled apart um, and they're, they're very lucky that they're able to experiment like that because now Declan McLaughlin has that in his armour for the next day out he's you know he knows that he's done that and in Connor, the highest pressure moment Conor Whelan's been taken off so like that's a rocket <laughs> under, under him in training as well so um. absolutely and they did the same with like Liam Collins was brought on on 65 minutes and I've been very impressed with him all through the league Shefflin has been brilliant in giving those players exposure during the league and was able to give them that exposure on Sunday because it was a knockout 
You probably be really, really lucky. You'd be optimistic as uh, if you were a Goa supporter, Sarah. Considering that third quarter, they looked like they were going to ship a serious bit of damage in that second half, and a, at one point, I think Kilkenny were maybe five points ahead. So the fact that they Goa could six, come back, yeah. six even, sorry, yeah, 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 they went they went six ahead, and look, you know, when you've got like say TJ Reid and Massey Keown firing, obviously Massey came on at half time, and like interestingly, from Derek Ling's point of view, he it didn't look like he played his starting team or, or, or his best 15, I would say. Mm. Um, I think I think he mixed it up and he was giving lads a chance and, and giving other lads kind of game time. So I think both teams were shadow boxing in that one um, on Sunday. And I suppose from Galway's point of view and from Henry Shefflin's point of view, it was important not to leave Nolan Park, you know, without a point. We'll leave it there. Thanks a million. Thanks, lads. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.